Hello and welcome to Sports Business Updates, the podcast that brings you the biggest sports business news from India. I'm your host Nilesh and in episode 34 of Sports Business Updates, I'll highlight three big news from the Indian sports industry featuring an update on the women's Indian Premier League franchise bid process and uh, an update on who won the franchises. I'll also update you on the future of BCCI sponsorships with my own prediction of which category or sector will potentially be the big one for future BCCI sponsorships. And I'll wrap up this episode with a case study on how global gaming and esports ecosystem is focused on localization in the Indian market and what lessons can other international sports rights holders and sports entities can learn from the global gaming and esports investors in India. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get into the details. My first update for this episode is about the Women's Premier League franchise bid and uh, the closure of uh, the Women's Premier League franchises that were won. So, uh, to start with, the interest levels for owning a Women's Premier League franchise was very high and uh, there were reports in India suggesting that around 25 to 30 leading Indian corporates had bought the bid document. The list of corporates that were trying to uh, be a part of this bid for a franchise were very impressive and included the names uh, names like uh, Adani Group, Torrent Group, uh, Haldiram Prabhuji, uh, Capri Global, Kotak and Aditya Birla Group. Uh, just a few impressive names that were in the mix for the franchises. Uh, the corporates that had bid for the franchise also faced competition from most of the men's IPL teams too because it just makes sense for IPL teams like uh, Mumbai Indians or the Rajasthan Royals or Delhi Capitals, KKR, uh, amongst others who are, who are already in the process of building a global franchise system for, uh, for cricket, especially the T20 tournaments uh, that are happening uh, in uh, in the Caribbean Premier League, um, in the UAE, in South Africa, uh, and in the in the upcoming US Major League Cricket uh, event or the league that is going to start in a few years. So it just made sense uh, for them to be in the mix. The business media in India also reported that uh, the BCCI was set to earn something in the range of 4,000 crore Indian rupees from the sale of five teams for the women's Premier League closed bid that had happened. Uh, and as per the announcement made by the BCCI on the 25th of January, the five teams, uh, the women's Premier League teams, uh, were finally won by the following. The team from Ahmedabad, was uh, the bid was uh, won by Adani Group. Uh, the Mumbai Women's Premier League team was won by Reliance Industries Limited, who also own the Mumbai Indians. Uh, the Bangalore Women's Premier League team bid was uh, highest bid was from uh, Diageo, uh, who also own Royal Challengers Bangalore. Uh, the fourth team was the team from Lucknow, which will be owned by Capri Global, uh, who also have. Um, 
a team in the UAE uh, in the UAE T20 league and the final team was from Delhi and the Delhi franchise uh, will be co-owned by JSW Sports and GMR who also co-own the Delhi Capitals so if you look at the breakdown here there are three Premier League team, uh, three uh, Indian Premier League teams, sorry, uh, who now own women's teams, the women's franchise, and of course there is uh, Adani Group uh, and Capri Global, who also have interest and own teams in the UAE T20 League. So all these uh, names are trying to build global franchises and uh, getting a women's franchise women's uh, women's premier league franchise is indeed great news uh, for all these uh, all these uh, companies who and uh, companies and businesses who own who now own a women's team uh, they were they were in a to- they were in total of 15 bidders who submitted the final bid uh, and bcci has received a total of 4670 crores in bids with the highest bid estimated to be close to 1250 crore indian rupees and the second one being in the range of 900 to 950 crores so what what do we learn from this uh one this is definitely a game changer for women's sports uh not just in india but globally uh two BCCI, the BCCI has done a fantastic job in terms of uh, creating this uh, event or this uh, this concept and this is going to attract a lot of international talent as well as give a lot of Indian women cricketers um, a chance to show the skills and make money uh, which is uh, which is why it's a game changer and uh, another interesting thing that uh, we learn from this is that Cricket as a sport is now becoming truly global. I mean, the ICC and uh, ICC has put in a lot of effort to grow this game. Uh, the BCCI and all other uh, national cricket governing bodies are putting in a lot of effort. Uh, but this women's Premier League is going to be probably the biggest women's sports league in India definitely in india and probably uh the biggest in the rest of the cricket playing world and possibly potentially it will be one of the biggest women's league outside of football possibly to be the biggest uh sports league for women in the world so these three things you learn from uh, what i've learned from uh from 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 this whole experience of uh BCCI setting out a women's Premier League, and it, it's also going to help a lot of uh, you know local ecosystem, uh, sports ecosystem, sports business ecosystem, uh, in terms of you know uh, event management, hospitality, uh, uh, sponsorships, uh, the media rights were already sold, which Viacom bought for a huge sum. Uh, now the BCCI has rolled out a RF. Uh, 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 RFP for uh, for, uh, for for sponsorships. So now they're looking at getting uh, money coming in from sponsors. Uh, will they bundle this with uh, uh, new sponsors for the for the IPL next season? Uh, you never know. But uh, I know for a fact that uh, a tender is uh, out doing the rounds, uh, and 
brands are looking at they're looking at brands to uh, buy these tenders and uh, participate in a bit to become the uh, sponsors for the women's premier league as well so uh, there's a lot going on uh, and talking about sponsorships is uh, where i can segue into my second update for this episode which is about uh, the bcci sponsorship plans as uh, some of the most important sponsorship deals are coming to an end this year for them so it has been reported that uh, the bcci is expecting a 1500 crore indian rupees sponsorship boost after a slight turbulence of its partners dropping out in the past few years in the current sponsorship cycle the bcci saw a surge in uh, sponsorship interest from tech unicorns of india who were equipped with big marketing budgets but in the last year most of the tech sponsors have either dropped off or or have been replaced by other corporates to give you an example paytm was bcci's title rights partner for 7 years they last paid rupees 326 crores for 4 years before dropping out of the contract and handing over the rights to mastercard who are now the current uh, sponsors or the title rights sponsors for uh, bcci mpl was another example where they recently transferred the kit sponsorship rights to killer jeans uh, and byju's has decided to end its sponsorship with bcci2 between kit sponsorship the title rights for bilateral cricket it is no longer the hot property that it once was the bcci is now looking at an annual revenue of at least 500000 uh, 500 uh, sorry 500 crores from the from the from sponsorships but the question still remains about who can potentially replace the tech unicorns so if you look at the global trends in sports ownership and sponsorship it's the sovereign funds that are associated with sports more and more these days be it football or even wwe the sovereign funds are involved with ownership and sponsorships and football for sure but wwe again i mentioned this because there is a lot of interest and a sort of a tug of war going between a few companies out of which uh, uh, the the saudi uh, pil fund is also a part of who are trying to uh, who are sort of involved in uh, trying to get the ownership of wwe uh, hence the mention uh, but given uh, let's get back to cricket and given cricket's pan india reach and appeal across uh, genders and age groups there's always a lucrative option for sovereign funds to associate with indian cricket and this is this is not something i'm saying because of uh, the popular trend in global spo- uh, global sports but i'm saying this because a couple of saudi arabian sponsors have recently entered into the ipl sponsorships so one of them is uh, the saudi oil company aramco uh, which came in as a central sponsor last year in ipl uh, to add to the name uh, the orange and purple cap segments and the, and the second one is uh, the saudi tourism authority uh, that came on board as one of the six official ipl partners after the exit of an academy given the association with uh, ipl i won't be surprised to see incoming sponsorship from various saudi arabian groups or brands or investments so uh, i reckon that is the direction for for bcci and ipl in terms of uh, future sponsorships uh, and hopefully they are a lot more steadier than uh, the turmoil and the turbulence caused by uh, by tech brands because of everything that is 
externally affecting the world and uh, and their uh, funds because of all the things happening in the world ranging from the war to recessions to uh, to to the possible uh, effects of uh, after effects of covid etc so uh, i just hope that uh, if that's the direction the bcci and ipl take uh, it should be uh, it should be a stable one for them uh, with that we come to my third and final update for this uh, episode and this is more of a case study to be honest uh and this case study is in the emerging gaming and esports sector of india this is a very interest this is a very interesting one as a roadmap planned by the global esports sector in india can be a useful blueprint for other sports entities trying to engage with fans and build their own fan base in india the main emphasis is on the importance of localization in the indian market and what we can learn from the global esports sector so ever since the indian government has given esports a multi sport category global uh, multi sport category the global players have activated their interest in the indian market and the global uh, players have realized the importance of the indian market size and have started the process of localization to suit the indian market so this is more about how esports uh, ecosystem globally is working on localization to suit the indian market and to grow within the indian market and and here's how they're doing it um number one uh they're look they're focusing on content based localization so let me talk a bit about riot games here as an example they introduced the first indian character agent harbor aka varun batra in their game valorant they launched the character with a big bang which included an outdoor campaign and unveiling of a 8400 square feet long mural art and over 15 billboards that spread across the country to celebrate the success of its first indian agent in the game they also localized a map in the game the the location and the design of the map has been inspired by traditional indian step wells rocket architecture and the dravidian style structures so this is very unique because uh, one indian character in a popular game can sort of trigger a uh, a growth of indian players or indian uh, indian gamers wanting to be that character and uh, the way they uh, launched it is also very interesting and uh, this is something that uh, a lot of uh, international sports teams etc can you know keep in mind when they are looking at india as a market of course for them content based localization uh, doesn't mean you know uh, that they sign an indian player that's a uh, way off uh, i don't know if that can ever happen in the near future but uh, you know focusing on languages or creating um, partnerships where the content that they make for the indian fans uh, or the access that they give to indian fans uh, in terms of talking to players etc if that can be highlighted uh, not just within the walls of uh, social media but uh, also going outside of online and doing things offline uh, can be of uh, a huge huge importance uh, moving on to a second way of uh, how esports global esports companies are uh, localizing uh, localizing uh, 
their approach in india is through local partnerships very very important the indian gaming market is uh, is uh, probably the second biggest uh, not probably but it is the second biggest market in the world and according to lumica investment advisors in their latest report it uh, they made it very clear that the indian gaming market is projected to reach 8.6 billion dollars in uh, in in the financial year of 2027 and at 17% the in the country had has the highest share of game downloads globally in the last few years making local partnerships very important as a way to gain foothold in india as a market again a good example would be riot games they tied up with uh, gaming and esports companies and teams in india to launch the first indian character like i mentioned one of the prominent partnerships was with team orangutan which is a esports team that led to a nationwide amplification and a steady reach amongst esports fans in india another example is of crafton crafton uh, is another big name publisher that has invested over 100 million uh, us dollars in the indian market across fields of interactive entertainment gaming esport platforms technology and other community platforms so nordwin loco partilipi and kuku fm uh, uh, and other companies such as nautilus mobile and leela games uh, that are game developers uh, are some of the local investments that they have actively made in india so investing in india uh, and most 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 importantly investing in in uh, potential uh, partners who can amplify not just amplify your reach but also help you generate revenue and uh, also uh, create more opportunities for future engagements with uh, with indian fans not just uh, on social media but actually going uh, you know into things like uh, licensing and merchandising and uh, you know working with uh, broadcast partners uh, for ott content or for special programming uh, on on television as well there's there's a lot that uh, can be thought of uh, but of course of course esports uh, gives you a different platform in terms of uh, going beyond uh, the investments that i just mentioned for other international sports teams uh, and that's purely because of uh, the participation for, uh, of indian uh, gamers in their in their in their sort of ecosystem when it comes to downloads and playing games but uh, this is something that uh, other sports teams and associations can think about when uh, they think of india as a market and uh, the third way that esports global esports uh, companies are uh, looking at localizing uh, or looking at localization in india are through mergers and acquisitions and funding now this is uh, very relevant to esports and uh, not not uh, very relevant for other sports teams but uh, definitely an eye opener in terms of uh, funding and uh, mergers and acquisitions and partnerships so according to uh, lumica again the lumica report uh, suggested that gaming based funding in india in 2022 was up by 380% as compared to 2029 uh, and it was up 23% against 2020 with indian gaming companies raising a total of over 2.8 billion us dollars in the last 5 years so just uh, think of uh, just just try to think of those numbers that i just mentioned and the kind of money that is uh, coming into the indian gaming ecosystem
So the growth is not just in terms of uh, you know uh, participation, but it's also in terms of developing games and other infrastructure around uh, gaming in India. So the leading global fund uh, funds such as uh, Makers Fund, Tiger Global, Play Ventures, and Griffin Gaming Partners funds are actively investing in Indian gaming businesses, uh, even in 2023. Some of the beneficiaries uh, beneficiaries in uh, these fundings were Dream Eleven, Vinzo. Uh, I'm I'm aware uh, Vinzo is a part of uh, Griffin Gaming Partners, uh, Loco, which is uh, a which is a game streaming app, Stellar Play, Game 24-7, MPL, All-Star Games, Stellar Play, are just, are just some examples of, uh, of, of, in, of uh, Indian companies that have got international investments. Uh, there was a huge M&A deal signed in India with uh, Sweden's MTG acquiring Play Simple Games for 360 million US dollars. This is one of, uh, one of the biggest uh, deals that have uh, uh, mergers and acquisitions that have happened uh, with with uh, with a international company in india uh, so this is the third way they are uh, esports companies are trying to uh, you know localize uh, or local create some localization in india like i said it's uh, this is something that uh, other sports teams or associations cannot do uh, but the most important point here was uh, learning a learning lesson from what global esports companies are trying to do in India. Uh, they have one, they have found the niche. Two, they have found uh, they've understood the pulse of the Indian market and they know the growth is in India. Uh, hence the investments and. Uh, you know, uh, this could be a good starting point for other sports teams and associations to uh, uh, to start thinking about. And with that underlining fact of the Indian population being so huge uh, that, you know, they everyone has a potential opportunity to grow in India uh, at any level, at uh, huge levels like esports or even smaller levels for uh for football teams for example uh, and there are some uh, international football teams who are already doing a lot of work in India and they're doing a great job uh, and uh, it's just that uh, they need they probably uh, need to start looking at uh, future steps in terms of how they could potentially uh, own or you know create a bigger reach with uh, within the Indian sports fans ecosystem so uh, so yeah I think uh, that is something that uh, uh, becomes a very interesting case study. Uh, but esports in India and all these investments coming in, all these partnerships happening uh, are getting a lot more unique. And uh, throughout the year, in 2023, I will keep a tab on what's happening with, uh, especially within the esports uh, sector, uh, and keep you all updated on all the developments there. So. This brings me to the end of episode 34 of uh, Sports Business Updates. If you're listening to this part of the podcast, once again, I'd like to thank you for tuning in and listening to the update. Uh, update number 34 of the biggest sports news from India. Uh, also, if you're interested in listening to uh, the other episodes of Sports Business Updates podcast, they are all available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all other leading podcast sites. 
So please listen to them and share them with your colleagues and friends. Uh, I also do another podcast called uh, Sports Nexus Podcast, which features interviews of uh, leaders in the global business of sports. Uh, I've just done one episode so far. I am planning a few more in the near future. Uh, where it just takes a lot of time to do those episodes, but uh, do listen to the first episode. It features Ashley Artingal of uh, Ice Skating Union, and it is now streaming on Buzzsprout, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other podcast sites. So don't forget to listen to the episode. And thank you once again for listening into the podcast and see you on the next episode of Sports Business Updates. Goodbye.